Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. What's going on? What's up, bro? How are you? I'm good. Alhamdulillah. Uh, any uh, plans for today? Brother, why are we going to act like we didn't just film the first episode? What? <laughs> the first trait. I'm just, just... <laughs> I just happened to be in the same hoodie in the same environment a week later. What are you talking about? All right, man. Whatever you're going to say. <laughs> I'll roll with it, I guess. Not really. But oh. um, yeah, salam, guys. Um, we're back for, we're not, we're not, we didn't really go anywhere, but we're back for um, trait number two for, um, you know, the top 10 traits that are found in the top 1% of most desirable guys, right? So how to, how to become that top percentile um, of most desirable men for, you know, marriage purposes, of course, you know, we keep it halal on this show. <laughs> you know, that's the only thing Muslims talk about nowadays. It's uh, how to yes, get caught. Yes, Wait, sir. before so, we start, though, mm, uh, a couple of disclaimers uh, and uh, shout outs. Uh, biggest shout out would be to the Roommates podcast. They are a really awesome podcast that actually did the uh, did episodes on the seven traits of highly desirable men and women. We uh, listened to it and we took some notes and we tried to understand what they were talking about and how that could be applicable to the Muslim or the religious context. And we tried to add our own twist to it, kind of added some more traits that we thought were going to be important, hence why we have 10. Um, and so shout out to them, first of all. Second thing is uh, this episode is not for everybody. We are going to be giving like raw, unfiltered content and our thoughts on what we have. And so if you are the type of person who is not going to be super open-minded to this sort of thing, you're more than welcome to keep watching, but you don't have to take our advice. And lastly, as I said, these are our thoughts, so we could be wrong. If we are wrong, let us know in the comments down below. And if we are right, also let us know in the comments down below. And it doesn't hurt anyone to hit that like and subscribe button. So, Ismail, what is trait number two, bro? First of all, we cannot be wrong. That's impossible. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> That's the second trait. No. There you go. No, no, I'm kidding. There you go. <laughs> Great Yo, segue. Pick... That's the perfect segue. Guys, that was... Say it with just... your chest. Bro, exactly. Say that with your chest. That was confidence for you, okay? That's your second trait, all right? So let's start off with... <laughs> I can't get over that segue. Tell me, Faison, how do you feel or what do you think is um, confidence? So before we start, I, I, I think it's... Um, I want to combine a couple terms. Like some people confuse confidence with leadership and assertiveness. So I want to kind of jumble them all up together and be like... Yeah, this let's is like together. Confidence slash leadership slash assertiveness. Mm -hmm. When I think of confidence and leadership, I think of people entrusting you to make decisions and guiding the way forward, right? And so we just filmed an episode about finances, right? And so if I were to be a leader, so to speak, I would have the trust of my significant other to make big decisions, obviously with, uh, with her consultation, but she would entrust me with making decisions 
on behalf of the family. That's what I would define as uh, like leadership and confidence in that regard. In general, it me I, I define it as being able to fully, like literally say it with your chest, you know what I mean? Even if you're wrong, say it in a manner which exudes this like which exudes this energy Dude. that makes people believe that you are not wrong or you can't be wrong you know are you are you are we like telling people to just bullshit their way through it as long as they say it with their chest hell yeah no 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 that's not what i'm saying <laughs> no no we're not okay so let me say what i think is confidence so I, i'm gonna since we put three words uh, on the table i'm gonna give each one a little definition confidence is self-belief cool guys and what i don't mean bare minimum self-belief i mean over the top self-belief not to be confused with cockiness i'm going to explain why okay so to be confident is to kind of be like you're like you're on your inside kind of like your own cheerleader kind of thing like your biggest cheerleader is yourself kind of thing right you believe in yourself so much so that you believe you could do things beyond what um, other people believe you can do with the abilities that you have, okay? It's really important to understand what that means, okay? I'm going to try to break it down. Let's say you have specific, you know, abilities that are empirical, like they're observable. Like everybody knows like, oh, Ismail has A, B, C, okay? Other people, if they're objective and honest, they'll be looking at uh, trait A, B, and C, and they're like, okay, A, B, and C equals let's say, uh, D, E, F, am- amount of output, okay? Yeah, are we doing algebra so, here? Like, what are you doing? No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to, I want to explain it th- this way so people can kind of understand what it is to have actual proper confidence versus cockiness, okay? So if people see that you have attribute A, B, and C, which equals E, D, and F, or, or sorry, D, E, and F, God damn it, um, then that's bare minimum. So that's like, you know, you have this, that equals this much. Confidence is looking at your traits, A, B, and C, and believing that you could not just come up with D, E, and F, but D, E, F, you know, whatever, the rest of the alphabet. You could come up with much much more and way beyond your capabilities. That's what confidence is. Confidence is having somebody tell you that based on uh, your capabilities, you're able to do only this much, but you believe you could do way more than that. See what I'm saying? And that kind of links into assertiveness because assertiveness is like you want your way of doing things without being pushy, mm-hmm. of course. Yes. And as part of assertiveness, just like you're saying, it's also choosing and demanding your place. I, I wouldn't say is. demanding, but I, I demanding your place saying. with your action, with your action. It's like basically you're not demanding word by words like, oh, I deserve this. That's when you're cocky. You're not doing that, but the confidence, which is the inner belief, drives you to do actions that you thought may, or at, sorry, other people thought that are beyond your capabilities. And that in itself demands, and obviously you asserting it with your action demands a certain position in society. Okay. So if you look at CEOs or if you look at executives or, you know, high level individuals, like people who have like really done well in their careers, they're all confident people people who are assertive, people with leadership qualities, okay? The reason being is that people have always told them no, but their confidence told them you could do this. doesn't matter what anybody else says. So that's confidence, okay? Then you got your assertiveness. They went out and did it. 
And although people were trying to shut the door on them, they demanded that the door be open. Okay. And then finally, their leadership skills, the skills to oversee and overlook a successful operation, whether that operation is your household or a company, that's what keeps the, the uh, progression going. That's what leads to prosperity. If you have a good leader, you'll have prosperity. So these three intertwined together lead to, in my opinion, the perfect and most important uh, tr uh, trait to be found in a guy. In my opinion, I, I disagree with that. I, I think finances are number one. Okay, for me, it's I, I wouldn't put finance as number one. I'd put because if I see a guy that is uh, confident, assertive, and is a good leader. I know money won't be an issue because you got to remember, remember how we talked about in the first episode that this journey of finances is, is going to be difficult, more difficult or less difficult, depending on the person. Some people started a disadvantage. Some people started an advantage. So depending on your character is where you will end up irrelevant of your starting point. So if you're, if you're born into like a well-off family, but you don't have these like character traits, you might end up squandering your money. But or at least mismanaging it. If you're somebody that started off with nothing, which you see a lot of these executives or a lot of these like very um, uh, successful people are, but they had the mentality for it, they got the money. That's why I was stressing in the last episode that the mentality to me is more important than the current state. Yeah, but I think you're assuming that having confidence and ambition and leadership, uh, sorry, confidence, assertiveness and leadership comes with ambition, which is not always the case. And so what I'm saying is, in my opinion, if you want to be able to do what you're doing, ambition needs to be alongside leadership and assertiveness. If you have all of these things and you don't have ambition, then you're just going to be a loud boy. That's it. To me, yeah, I, I agree. But I also think I agree with confidence. If you only have confidence, then I agree with you. But I think, or at least from my experience, I've never met somebody. I'm trying to really think here. I'm like, I'm trying to think if I've ever met somebody who has all three leadership, assertiveness, and confidence, and doesn't, doesn't have ambition. We're not covering ambition in this video because it, it's its own uh, like character trait in itself. Um, and like it's different to these three. These are more cohesive and combined together. But I've never seen somebody who doesn't have these three plus ambition. That's why I'm yeah. assuming... They that it feed comes into in each hand. other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's why I'm saying if you have yeah. three out of the four, you'll probably have the four more than likely. So that's why I'm that I find that to be more important than finances because you could meet a guy right who's like completely like you know down and out because let's say he was born into like an impoverished family or whatever, but he's a hustler, right? What do we say? He's like, oh, this guy's a hustler. He got like you could depend on him, right? Why? Because this guy's confident. This guy's assertive, and this guy is has, has leadership qualities, right? So these three things, they'll propel him. And we know, you know, we can, we meet people and we say, oh, don't worry about him. Like there, there are some people you meet that like, you know, are going to be successful. You don't have to worry about them. That's the type of people I'm talking about. So yeah, these, yeah, these three to me are the most important, I'd say. I want to talk a little bit about leadership and assertiveness, specifically assertiveness. And I want to try to bring this in, in a careful way talking about uh, in the relationship context, of course, and talking about the whole like nice guy concept, right? Mm. I think people confuse the nice, what traditionally is seen as a nice guy with what is actually a nice guy. You know what I mean? Mm. The stereotypical nice guy are people who 
only care about what other people think. There's they care about how other people are going to react to them. They don't want to upset other people. They, they don't want to step on anyone's toes, whatever, whatever. That is not what a nice guy is. That's called being a pushover. And that's called not having a yeah. backbone. Okay. Yes, and so exactly. in a relationship context, if as a man and, and vice versa as well, if your significant other does something wrong, you don't just sit there and take it and be like, ah, whatever, it's okay. I'm going to let her do this. No, you speak up and you say, hey, I don't like this. You better cut it out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that is assertiveness because you are you are demanding what your right is, which is you not taking BS really in exchange for not being nice, so to speak, right? But that the, the, the thing is, leadership, assertiveness, confidence, those are all traditionally associated with masculinity, correct? And so when people come across the stereotypical nice guys, one of the reasons why people aren't as attracted to them is because when you lack these traits, you also lack elements of masculinity. And as we've already covered in the female episode, elements of masculinity is an attractive trait to have. And so by that extension, you having these traits will not only make sure you have elements of masculinity, but will also make sure you're not going to end up being a pushover and you're not only going to be lost in this loop of caring about what other people think. Trust me, mm-hmm. been there, still trying to learn. That's literally my New Year's resolution. It's to how to be more assertive and how to manage people's feelings in a way where that's not the only thing I'm thinking about. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It has to be with. It has to be priorities, right? So, it, it, you know, the more I like, the more I grow older and. Uh, the more I recognize the truth, which is the most important thing in life is priorities. My dad shouts it down my ear his whole life. And I never really like cared about it as like a teenager. But like the more I grew up, the more I had to completely understand it. And if you really think about it this way, this is, this is just another matter of priorities. If you're a guy that completely prioritizes the emotions of others over anything else, you're not, you're a pushover. You're have no backbone. You are the nice guy that finishes last. Now, if you want to be a proper nice guy, but not nice in the pushover sense nice because you're desirable because you have a lot going for you and you're a great guy kind of kind of nice guy then here's how you do it with confidence leadership and assertiveness now malcolm x says famously that if you stand for nothing you'll fall for everything or for anything i think he says so if you don't have a backbone to stand on if you don't have morals and foundations that you're not willing to bend for other people. It doesn't matter if that hurts their feelings in the short term or if that comes off as, ooh, that comes off as a little bit, you know, edgy or that comes off as a little bit um, against the grain. Like, I don't know, are, if, you know, if somebody offers you a drink at work, uh, are you gonna be a pushover because you don't wanna be rude and you don't wanna like hurt their feelings and by saying, oh, I'm a Muslim, I don't drink. I don't want to put myself in an uncomfortable situation like that. So I was going to say yes, no. And same thing with any other thing other than that. It could be, you know, as long as it's something that's you're very, um, uh, you know, uh, you're, you have a strong belief in and like it is, it's part of your moral foundation. Like you can't be a pushover and that's attractive if a guy is not a pushover with that. My dad always told me that, you know, the difference between a strong man and like a weak man is that like, Oh, he didn't even say man. He said individuals. He's telling this to me and my sister. So like, but this goes, we're talking to the guys right now. So like a strong man is kind of like, or sorry, a weak man is kind of like a pebble thrown in the river. It goes down the stream. It floats up and goes down the stream, right? But like a strong man 
somebody who's strong in his foundations and fundamentals is like a heavy rock. You throw it in a river and it sinks to the bottom. It doesn't go with the current. The current are society's trends and, you know, the social norms. If you believe in certain things and if you, um, what's it called, believe in certain moral values and other people are challenging those moral values, you need to stand strong on your own two feet and on your backbone and hold true to those things. So you, you can't be somebody who just goes along with the current or goes with what's practical all the, all the time at the expense of uh, what you believe is morally true. Let me give you an example in the context of a relationship. Yeah. I, I don't know about you. I'm going to assume here that you and I have a very similar view to interest in Islam and like the whole idea of like mortgages and whatever. Mm. Okay. So if as a guy, you hold the belief similar to Ismail and I that you should avoid it at all costs really. And there are like very, there are, there are exceptions to this depending on the madahib, but then there also comes in the, uh, the, the, the conversation of like what constitutes like a house and like what you should be living in. Like, you know, like the bare minimum isn't like a six story apartment or whatever. Exactly. Know? All of it, all of it is, if anybody wants to look into this guys, I personally, so we could make our positions clear. I personally believe that, that 100% there is a halal way of getting a mortgage. However, it's not the way that people get mortgages here. There is a complete breakdown from all the four madahibs about what their view is on what's an appropriate uh, situation where you're allowed to get a mortgage and what that mortgage constitutes a house or sorry, what the, what, um, what the allowance of the mortgage is, uh, is supposed to buy you in today's uh, context. So there is complete breakdowns about this. So there's no like gray areas. There's, it's pretty easy to understand once you put in the work so you can't go buy a house in Oakville, like, you know, three stories for like, a th- you know, with, and it's only just you and your wife and a kid. You know what I mean? It's a very bare minimum type of scale, guys. So you have to look into it on your own yeah. time. But anyways, and we're not giving moving. fatwas. Don't take we're what we're saying and apply that. Anyways, well, so the, the example I was giving was, let's say there's a man or a woman and they, they hold a similar view to us in with regards to getting gaining interest for the sake of uh, purchasing a home. Okay. And the other one comes and says like, no, that's totally okay. You know, we'll just make like a down payment. We'll pay like a couple percent. It's not too much, whatever. We'll try to pay it off a little early. So it's not that bad. You as someone who's being assertive or dominant or whatever other trait you want to label this as, don't just stand there or sit there and be like, "Mm, you know what? I don't want to hurt this person's feelings. You know, they're not going to think of me this way, that way. No, stick to what you know is right and what you believe in. And speak up about it because the fact of the matter is, especially with regards to this conversation, if you don't speak up there, guess when you're going to have to speak up? The day of judgment, straight up, okay? Yeah. So, and this can be applied to other things as well. Like if, if for example, uh, yeah, like let's take an example. Let's say a man or a woman, their significant other is going out and meeting like the like the opposite gender friends, not for like work meetings, but just like hanging out, going to for like coffee dates, whatever. If you don't like that, speak up. Don't just sit there and take it. You know what I mean? You have certain rights over your spouse. Use them in a respectful way, but don't be a pushover, please. Especially the men. Don't be a pushover. I know women have this ability to like encapsulate you in this like emotional trance which makes you want to like give them every benefit of the doubt but some things you need to have boundaries and have them because that's in addition that's an attractive trait as a whole like women don't like pushovers yeah i agree bro that's that's why it's and we're talking even within a marriage context just talking about like in social circles guys 
guys, if let's say you're, in, I'll give you the easiest one. You're in uni, right? And you're in a group project and you know, obviously you're, uh, you know, there's guys, girls and whatever. And, you know, don't think that people aren't watching. People watch in groups, the dynamic to figure out how to act dependent on the group quickly. When, as soon as you like make a group, you quickly realize the dynamics within the group based on the character, uh, characteristics of the different people. Right? So if you're somebody who's a pushover, all the girls in the group are going to know this guy's a pushover. And that's not something that's attractive at all. Um, if, if any of them found you physically attractive in the first place, and then would have been interested in like seeing where, you know, things go maybe or whatever. And then they realize you're a pushover that's going to turn them off so quickly. Yeah. And I think we have to talk about the flip side of the coin, which is mm. though these traits are great. They can come with, as the roommates podcast put it like an evil twin. And so with, yeah. uh, being assertive, the evil twin is being controlling with confidence. It's overconfidence and arrogance. Right. And so mm. I'm not saying you shouldn't consider people's feelings. I'm not saying any of those things. What I am saying is you have to understand that there are certain boundaries that you have morally and ethically and within your personal uh, relationships, they need to be able to uphold irrespective of how the other person is going to feel if their actions or words violate those boundaries. And that's very important. And the reason we combine them together is because confidence and assertiveness and leadership or whatever, kind of like, uh, it's like a hand in a glove situation like they both complement mm -hmm. each other very well and so you need to be able to do this in a respectful way but still being able to do so in a way which sort of again like exudes i don't know what the right word is but portrays like your masculinity in a way without you being like i said a pushover or you it, just like whatever it's just not it's just knowing how to manage situations without being hurtful now there could be a situation where being hurtful is unavoidable. And yes, I would much rather be hurtful than to compromise my values. So I, I would definitely know what choice to make there. But I'd say most of the time, people are very like understanding and easygoing. You just have to have a backbone. So like, it's quite easy to, um, uh, to what's it called? Fall back on your values, in my opinion, in most situations, as long as you have confidence and you're not a pushover. But then comes these situations where you do have to make a judgment call. It's a, it's you're between a rock and a hard place, and that's where real confidence shines, and real assertiveness, and real leadership shines. Because my dad put puts it to me this way: it's like most moral, uh, what's it called um, most moral things. Are, uh, are, are, what's it called? I'm trying to think of it and I'm trying to change it to, air, to English from Arabic. It's like most more, <laughs> it's like most moral um, ends ha uh, are achieved through the harder routes and the, what's it called? The immoral ends are achieved through the easier routes. So like when you're put, like, let's say in, in, between a rock and a hard place, when let's say your wife is really, really wanting to get a certain house and you know that you guys could afford it if you get a, a bigger mortgage than you're allowed Islamically. And it's only 1%, yada, yada, yada. And it's not even just about your wife. You want to look good in front of like, you know, the social circles that you were, you know, you revolve in. Or you could go and actually get the house in the halal mortgage that you guys are actually allowed. It's a step down, but it's you're, you're in the clear with Allah. You know, that's when you have to be a, a proper, if, if your wife isn't the one who's, you know, telling you what the right thing to do is, you better be the one who's like assertive about it. And it's like, yo, we have to go with what's what the halal option for us. So we don't compromise our beliefs over like,
just social, um, you know, uh, hierarchy things. You know what I mean? We talked a lot about assertiveness. I want to talk a little bit about confidence. And I want to say for the people struggling out there, because I struggled with it for a very long time and it's something I'm continuing to work on. Confidence doesn't just come like this. You can develop it from your actions, your posture, the way you walk, the way you talk, literally everything. And one of the biggest ways to become confident, in my opinion, well, a couple of ways is number one, learn how to communicate in a public speaking manner. Because when you're under a spotlight and you have to speak about things, then it allows you to put yourself out there and allows you to communicate well. And that is a huge part of confidence. Another part of confidence is the way you dress, right? I personally attach a lot of confidence to the way I look, not necessarily the way I dress because I'm wearing an old Navy hoodie right now, right? But the way I look like physically, right? That's part of the reason why I work out a lot. It's because I was at a point where I was like very much overweight and I just didn't feel like a I was in a good place. And when I started making that body transformation, it increased me in terms of the confidence I did. And so men who are listening, you can increase your confidence by engaging in certain activities like uh, that are more considered like manly, so to speak, like, you know, working out, sparring, boxing, wrestling, playing sports like basketball, soccer, whatever. That's not to say if you do things that aren't under this traditional umbrella of masculinity, you're not going to be more confident. You will. But through physical activity and just working on yourself and your physical appearance, which we'll talk about shortly, it can increase your confidence and it allows you, bro, imagine, imagine going to like Harry Rosen and being able to fit in the blazer you really, really want. That'll increase your confidence. Trust me. Bro, after working at Harry Rosen for three years, I can tell you that feeling is amazing. And I've had both of those. I've had the feeling where I've not fit into my own uh, suits because I've like lost a lot of weight or whatever. I'm actually going through that right now because I'm usually like 165, 170, like muscle, 9% body fat. But it's, it's, I'm in such, uh, what's it called? Comparative bad shape. Obviously I'm not in bad shape, like comparative to like health wise. Like I'm still uh, in good shape, but alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, obviously, but like nowhere near my usual. So now I've been feeling like, not, not gonna lie, it hasn't hit my confidence because I've built up such a, um, such a, a, a reserve of confidence over the years. And as you said, it doesn't come, you know, it doesn't come easy and it doesn't go easy. So that's it, just because a year of COVID happens and you get out of like peak shape, your confidence doesn't go away with it because I've spent years of building that confidence. And by the way, I think it has a lot to do with your upbringing and with your character where you grow up, right? I'll, and I'll, I've, I've touched on this in the marathon actually, but the reason I had such, or I have such high confidence, or at least everybody around me says like I exude confidence or I'm like probably the most confidence, confident person they know. It's because my parents put me through it. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. So I grew up in the Middle East, right? I grew up in Saudi Arabia. And but you're white. Yeah, right, bro. Who knows about that? We'll see. Um, but what's it called? So I grew up in Saudi and, and as a young kid, right? And I was really, really small. I was really skinny really short, very like fragile, like little boy, right? So I would get picked on a lot, I'd get bullied a lot. So because of I grew up around very confident parents, I did not take anything. Like I did not take it at all. I remember one time I, I was, I kept on getting like picked on by like some kids who were in the same class as me, but a little bit like they were bigger, much bigger than me. So I grabbed a chair and I threw it at them. Like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> you know what i mean confidence and 101 pick up a chair conf- and throw it across yeah. the room 
dude i'm not joking i picked up a chair and threw it over my head and do like, not try this at home that, do not try this at home but i'm just saying that like that i not just that it was three versus one they were all much bigger than me i was a tiny kid and not and not, i wouldn't even just resort to chairs i was fighting people on a weekly sometimes daily basis my dad would my dad was an executive at the time a high level executive and he was like almost camping at my school that, mm-hmm. that's how much they freak that's how much they would call him from work to come over to my school to either pick me up or take me because i've been involved in fights it's because I grew up around such confident parents that I didn't care if I was small or as we said in the beginning of the uh, the episode, the odds are stacked against me. My abilities show that I could only produce this much, but my confidence made me think I could beat up those three guys that were picking on me. Although there was no way I could have, but I believed it. So that's all that mattered. And that progressed into like me getting bullied for having like light hair and me wanting to actually, this was a point where I was breaking a little bit. I was like, dad, I really want to get black hair. Um, it's really messing with me, whatever. And I would cry about it. And my dad would tell me to walk it off as he should. And that and other things that used to bug me and I used to cry about and I used to want to change about myself taught me from a very young age. I'm talking like grade one to grade four. Taught me like to not get my um, self-worth from outside, but to get it from within. So uh, I don't know if you, you know Charlemagne. Um, uh, his name is Charlemagne the God, Allah. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, he's the guy on the, he's on the breakfast club um, and he's on brilliant idiots with Andrew Schultz. He, he says something that is really brilliant. Actually. He says, um, if you give people the power to build you up, they'll have the same power to break you down. So I internalized that from a very young age and it's only built up from there. So as I said earlier in the episode, I'm myself's biggest cheerleader. So I don't need anybody else to cheer me on because I'm already doing that all myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the last thing I want to say is something we mentioned for financial discipline was this is also a trait that is really respected by other men, right? Mm -hmm. And like we mentioned earlier, if women see other men respecting someone, then that's obviously a a factor of attractiveness, right? And so that's the last thing I wanted to mention. And actually, the second last thing, the last thing I wanted to mention was everything we mentioned is great, right? You have to figure out how you're going to increase your confidence. There's a lot of ways to do so. There's no shortage of videos, blogs, podcasts, whatever online and resources that you can go to. The one thing I will say is with everything we said, keep in mind the evil twins we talked about, which is um, being too too controlling for assertiveness and being overconfident and arrogant when it comes to confidence. So I guess with that, sorry. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that um, I I agree with those evil twins. And I also want to say with leadership, make sure that you you don't become too egotistical with leadership. Like when you're just somebody who believes that only their way goes because they're the leader and you don't actually can what's it called listen to other people for guidance and for opinions and to challenge your perspectives you could also um, get lost there but as you said there's so many ways about growing your confidence make sure that you if you this is an easy way guys if you want to build your confidence put confident people around you that has worked wonders for me it's worked wonders for people around me because people around me have all told me that just from being around me they've grown in confidence because i'm overly confident right and yeah, I guess uh, I don't really have much else to add. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's that concludes this episode for trait number two, which is a mixture of confidence, assertiveness, and leadership. So guys, as I, as I said last episode, set yourself up for success. 
And yeah, we'll see you guys next episode for trait number three. Later, guys. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 